creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to Creative Pep Talk, a weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm Annie J. Pizza, I'm a New York Times bestselling author and illustrator, and I will be your guide on this creative expedition. Let's go. Money has always kind of seemed meaningless to me. To other people, money seems to be the most valuable thing. It seems inherently valuable. Money means possibility to those people. Money means traveling the world. Money means more time. But I struggle to see money as anything more than pieces of paper with pictures on them that somebody somewhere arbitrarily decided was worth something. And this can make making art for a living pretty difficult. But what's helped me is realizing it's my job to take people who struggle to see art as anything other than pieces of paper with pictures on them that somebody somewhere arbitrarily decided was worth something and show them that art and creativity mean infinitely more than money. Creativity doesn't mean just possibility, it means infinite possibility. Creativity doesn't just mean traveling the world, it means traveling to other worlds that maybe don't even exist yet. Creativity means more than time, it's the secret to unlocking states of timelessness. And when I started to embrace this and kind of understand that there's a disconnect in the language that creators speak versus how the rest of the world understands value, it had a profound impact on my creative practice. And that's what I wanna get into today. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him like, you should go check it out. You're gonna be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was gonna tell you about this new site. Anyway, go check it out, anyjpizza.com if you wanna see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. 
if you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. Whether you dream of being a comic artist, a songwriter, a graphic designer, illustrator, or filmmaker, to some degree, in my opinion, your dream may need some interpretation into reality. Why? Because the world you find yourself in may not or no longer value that exact expression of the type of creative value that you create. Like most people don't really feel that they need to pay for music anymore. And the musicians that have really succeeded in this modern age have understood that, have embraced it, and found ways of interpreting their value into money, into things that people do pay for. Now, they still value music, but how they support musicians has changed a lot. So for a long time on the internet, long articles, long form content of that nature was free. And then with things like Substack and then paywalls with news articles and news outlets, that has sort of shifted. And now there's a norm of paying for that kind of media. But then there are times where people will pay but the supply of that type of creativity far outweighs the demands. And these are all factors that I think are not necessarily natural or fun for creators to think about. When I find myself in a situation where the market's changed and I'm forced to rethink how I run my creative business, it can create a lot of anxiety and turmoil. However, I've found embracing that and realizing that the core of what I do doesn't have to change. It's just the expression of it or the location of it that needs to be interpreted. I just have to interpret that core into a place where it's currently valued and paid for. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying give up on your dreams. I'm saying interpret them. Move past the surface of what you think this dream is supposed to look like and get to the bottom of what it's really about. And I think this won't make your dreams less potent. They will make them more potent. They will make them closer to the essence of what you're really all about. There are a lot of people that get into industries because they understood the surface of it and it looked cool, but the actual doing of it was miserable for them. And so maybe there was something on the surface that was drawing them near, but as you get closer, you have to get more particular about exactly the type of expression that is truly moving you and natural for you. And so I'm not saying give up on your dream. I'm saying get to the bottom of them. I'm saying that the dreams that you had as a kid may have been even 
influencing or directing the general direction of where you go, but as you get closer and you start seeing the details and you start seeing the reality, you have to interpret, you have to add to with add to your dreams with that updated information. You know, I could have dreamt of being on the radio as a kid, but as I moved through life, I had to translate that into being a podcaster because guess what? Podcast didn't even exist when I was a kid. And so there had to be interpretation from the initial dreams into reality. We've been going through a series called Dreamuary, where instead of hitting the ground running in January with all our vision and goals ready to go, we found ourselves in a very new world over the past few years. And that means we have to give ourselves time to really stop and think about our dreams and interpret them into these new worlds because the things we were dreaming about six, seven, eight years ago may not exist now or the thing that we are the perfect fit for may have just been invented. And I think that's another layer of why it's important to think of your daydreams as something to interpret. Okay, so we've dreamt about it early this month. We've looked at some theory about how nighttime dreams work. Now, I want to propose that we just take those ways of thinking about nighttime dreams and how they don't make sense in reality without some kind of interpretation and apply that to the idea of daydreams. Because I think daydreams don't really make sense in reality often. They're an impression or they're a symbol and in order to realize them in your own life, you have to do some translation. If you're going to make any real meaning from your dreams, you're going to have to look past the surface of the symbols, dig deeper into the essence, and see where that essence could manifest in your real life, given your real circumstances and choices that you're willing to make. In some ways... I've come to think of this idea of daydream interpretation, creative dream interpretation, as the bedrock of this podcast because it's almost completely about how you interpret those creative daydreams into reality. How do you take those adjectives and verbs and, and things you love to do and the way that you love things to be and turn them into nouns, into things that are real in the outer world. So let's talk about a specific process of how to do this and take a few tips from how a dream analyst might interpret a night dream and see if we can take those aspirations and goals and turn them into actionable steps. Okay, so here are the four steps to take those raw dreams from raw dreams. These dreams are raw, baby. Um, uh, how to take those from the diamonds in the rough and just get the diamond and polish it up and make it something actually valuable to your life. These are the four phases and they directly mirror how you might interpret a dream that you had at night to make sense of it. So number one is identifying the symbols. Step one is just like a night dream, just brain dump it all out. Just get it on the paper. 
just like we did earlier this month. We just drew our dreams. We, we, we tried not to judge them or know how to do them or what they meant, but just tried to use our creativity to dream about a new future. And so you can check out the first episode of this year, 435, on more information for that. And I think you really should let yourself dream beyond reality. Don't box it into something that makes sense. Think of the most lofty, creative opportunities you can imagine that seem like they would just be the absolute fit, the the perfect fit for your creativity and what your desires are. And don't let the limitations of your circumstance impact this phase of the dreaming. Your The purpose is... It's, it's also called active imagination where you're, you're daydreaming, you're, you're fantasizing, and you're doing this to the point of finding that internal fire, finding something that is exciting to you. I saw Tim Ferriss the other day on Twitter talking about the idea of excitement. And I, I think, when is the last time that I was excited? When was the last time? What what can I sit here in this room with a piece of paper in front of me? What can I put on that paper? What can I dream up that would really make me excited? And don't put any limitations of this universe, let alone your little tiny circumstance, impede what you put onto that paper. Just raw dreams, baby. Uh, step two is to extract their essence. Okay. Next, we're going to talk about trying to get behind what is this dream really all about. So like a nighttime dream, if you dream of missing a flight, it probably doesn't have anything to do with flying, and it's more about the feeling of missing a flight. What does missing a flight feel like? This is one of the first things a dream analyst will will ask or, in, or inquire about is not just the start, which is this is what the dream was, literally. The next phase is how did it make you feel? What were the feelings in the dream? What does it feel like to miss a flight? It feels like this make or break, do or die deadline that if you miss it, it will cost you a ton of money and a ton of time. And it will, it will, it's a deadline that if you don't hit, it will cost you deeply. And this is how you interpret night dream. And that dream might mean, oh, you're feeling the pressure of a deadline at work that if you don't hit it, you are in big trouble. Or you're feeling like you're running out of time as you're getting older. And if you don't make it work now, you're going to never take off. You see, there's like a that t- taking off. There's a symbolic shift from the, f- the plane to life. And that's what we're going to try to get at with these associations, with the feelings of the symbols from step one. So if we apply this to your daydream, if you dreamt of being an astronaut as a kid, it might look like you wanted to escape the atmosphere that you were in. You wanted to gain a higher perspective on the world. You wanted to be on the cutting edge of human ingenuity and exploration. You wanted to find new places to explore. Or maybe it was none of those things because in real dream work, they say, forget about the dream symbol books 
and what the culture says be an astronaut is about. And they say, really what we need to look at is to take a look at what those symbols mean to you. If you dream of your Aunt Shirley's house, that symbol has a specific personal meaning to you that even your cousin that had a very similar experience may interpret differently. And so this is what personal symbolism is all about. So the same is true for your daydreams. The main thing is that you get to your personal associations. Don't just stop with the number one most obvious interpretation, which would be the literal translation and say, well, I wanted to be an astronaut. Now it's too late. It's not realistic. So now I give up. Say, I used to want to be an astronaut or I wanted to be a stand-up comic or an actor or a director or a video game maker. And if there is some reason why these dreams just aren't in the cards in your actual circumstances, or you're just not willing to make the choices that are required to make those into a reality. Don't stop there. Pause and extract the essence. What is so attractive about this dream? Is it the creative process? Is it what value it brings to the world? Number three is face the facts, man. You got to face the facts. One of the things that I intend for this podcast to do that is hopefully different than anything you will find anywhere else that touches on self-help or um, career development or uh, creative-related kind of direction is that I am a strong believer in a non-dual approach in a non-binary seasonal mentality about life. And that means that there is there are things that are the absolute right thing for you to be doing today that might be the absolute wrong thing to do tomorrow. And that is a little bit micro, but it might actually look more like the right thing to do this year is the complete wrong thing to do the next year. And I think just at the start of this journey, at the start of the year, the absolute right thing to do was to dream big, dream wide, take no account of the reality of your circumstance and just let yourself get excited. Find that passion Find that enthusiasm for life. It's so incredibly important. I feel like especially as you get older, it's so easy to lose your zest for life by getting just beat down by reality. This is reality. Get real, man. Like, God, it can just wring you out of every drop of enthusiasm that you have. And I think it makes it even more important to create space to allow yourself to dream wildly. However, at the end of this process, as we move to the second half of these four steps, and number three, I want to be a different kind of encouragement to you that doesn't say dream wildly, forget the rest, but find this middle way, not with either the idealism or fantasy of dreaming or the hard, harsh reality, but some 
method and process of go of integrating both well in a non-dual sort of way. And so for me, that's what's so brilliant about a process is that you can have very different energies as you move through it. And so you started off with doing whatever dreaming you needed to do, whatever needed to be done to get to the bottom of what you need to be enthusiastic about your future. And once you have tasted that, and then you've extracted some of the essence of what is so interesting and exciting, and, it, and it's only gonna be a guess, you're not gonna know for sure, but once you've got a little bit of that essence, then it's time to compare it to your reality. And that's where you're going to start getting some of this interpretation. I don't know if I've talked about this element on the podcast before, but I'm just going to pause my plan for a second and riff on this idea that has been really powerful and valuable to me. And it's this idea that you have, I'm, I, I'm a big believer in the idea of parts one of the big movements within therapy and psychology over the past couple decades is the internal family systems model. And I've been reading a lot about that. And it's just this notion that you're, you're not as whole as you may think you are, that actually internally you're made up, your, your psyche is even made up of many different parts. Now this that's not necessarily a new idea. You know, all the way back to Freud, he was saying, ego and id and, and, and all that. And a lot of people have kind of built on that over time. But this internal family systems piece is kind of much more broad than that and is kind of suggesting that there may be just infinite parts and that your parts have parts. And it, you know, can get kind of confusing. But what I find really powerful about that idea when applied to pursuing your dreams as I like to think that there is an internal part of me that is kind of a a an archetype that you see in a lot of movies and stories throughout time and it's the blind seer it is the 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 extremely wise and perceptive and maybe even prophetic being who is actually blind and so they can see further than anyone else with their mind's eye, but they actually can't see what's right in front of them. And I like to think that there's a part of you, and it's this deep part of you, this deep self that can see your future, the best version of you in all the multiverses that can see this version of you that is most well and it, it sees this thing in a symbolic way, but it actually can't see what's in front of your face. It has a way of dreaming that isn't based in reality. And then you have this other part of you, which might be the ego, but it could be a lot of different things. This part of you that is right on earth, that is feet on the ground, hands in the dirt, not up in the clouds, totally grounded in what is. And it's your job to take what that deeper self is inspiring with you, in you, and interpret it into the reality. This deeper self doesn't even know what the world looks like, okay? It doesn't even know what the earth is. 
They just have this emotional, uh, symbolic urge to create this way of being in the world. And it's your job to take that and make it make sense. And so that's my little rant about uh, kind of the most abstract version of this that I find really compelling. If you don't find it compelling, just leave it, whatever. Just go back to the uh, steps. So let's go back to the steps. So for example, when it, when I talk about facing the facts, here's what I mean. As a kid, I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be an actor for a whole myriad of reasons. I wanted to be a comedy actor and I didn't ultimately pursue that path as you as you can see. But if I look past the symbol of what an actor is and into the essence of what it means to be an actor, it's all about taking a page of writing, the script, the screenplay, and then bringing it to life, giving it emotion, giving it a face. And now that's exactly what I do as an illustrator. I take a manuscript, I take words on a page, whether it's a book or an article or a podcast, and I bring it to life with my drawing so it's something you can see, so it gives it a face, so that it gives it an emotion, so that it gives it a feeling. And I think that illustration and acting are very, very similar. In fact, I've done, uh, I haven't done a ton of acting, obviously, but I've done, I did some theater in, in high school, which I enjoyed a lot of. I did a little bit here and there as I've um, gone about in my career. And I have to say, I'm not sure that I would have liked the expression that I initially dreamt of. Now, if other opportunities like that come my way, I will explore them more because I like doing different creative things and, and you never know. But I am pretty introverted and I really feel regulated when I have good amounts of time to make creative work, visual art, painting, whatever. And this has been an excellent way to interpret that initial daydream. So the next job for you is to take the essence of what you found for number two and look where are people doing this thing in real life, in real time, right now in the world that we find ourselves today. And when I say people like you, I mean people with similar skills uh, and, and people with similar choices and circumstance. You can't say you want to be a Hollywood actor and refuse to leave Dayton, Ohio. If leaving Dayton, Ohio is not non-negotiable for you, you have to interpret the daydream of being a Hollywood actor. You And, and here's how you do this part. When you're facing the facts... If you take your dream and you and you come up with an interpretation of what that looks like in terms of real opportunities right now, you find the people that are most like you in that field. If it's music, let's say it's composing music for TV or it's syncing music for commercials or it's writing pop music or it's whatever. And you take those the people in that field that are most like you and let's say they're um, uh, touring musicians and you compare like what are the what are the things that these people have in common and do i have those things in common or those things that i'm willing to do to be more uh in common and belong more with that group and if you're looking at those bands that make a living on the road and you are not willing to go on tour 
you're going to have to do more work to interpret it, interpret that dream into something that is closer to the reality that you want to live. And as an example, I when I when I started this podcast, it was on the back of doing a small talk, a local talk in my community that was primarily live storytelling. And if I had taken the most literal interpretation of the dream that was birthed from that, it would look like doing a one-person show, uh, you know, adjacent to stand-up comedy, but more in live storytelling. But I had to ask myself, the people that do that, what do they have in common? One of the big things that they have in common is that they're doing that within the large markets of LA and New York City. And it wasn't something I was willing to ask my family to do. And instead, I interpreted that to where I was at that time, which was I I was already a fairly established illustrator. And I decided to take that live storytelling and inject it into things like talks at conferences, talks at colleges. And then over time, I've expanded that as circumstance allowed for me to get closer to that initial daydream. And part of that was with this podcast. And then part of it was doing more creative storytelling within talks and within opportunities, going and talking to teams at different places you know, whether it's corporate teams or, or live events. And so uh, I have interpreted closer and closer to that initial dream, but I had to face the fact that I was not willing to be like those people. And then I had to search for the next best thing. I had to search for something that was closer to where I was currently standing. And so if you want to be a pop songwriter and nine out of 10 pop songwriters are in New York City collaborating or in Nashville collaborating and you're not willing to go there, you can't plan on being the one out of 10 exception to the rule. I always think about this thing that I heard my dad's favorite preacher from the South say, his name's Andy Stanley. And I just one time heard him say that your financial plan can't be winning the lottery because winning the lottery isn't a pattern. It's random and random is not a plan. The definition of a plan is finding a pattern that you can rely on that you can plan for. And so you can't be, you can't plan on being the exception. You can't plan on being the one person that the fairy art mother picks out of the universe to bestow this luck and say, look, this person did it like nobody else throughout time. So here's what you gotta do. You gotta face the facts. What are the things in your life that you're absolutely not negotiating on? Is it your location? Is it your personal limitations? Those are things that, you don't maybe have a complete choice over. Is it circumstance? Is it is it the responsibility of the choices you've made from the past that put you in this place that you're in? Don't overdo this. Like I believe that you can change more than you think, but allow yourself in this part of the process to get real with what are the things that you're not willing or unable to change. List those out. These are the facts that you're dealing with.
Okay, step four. Step four is your CTA for this episode. Every episode, we try to end it with a creative call to adventure CTA, a call to action, how to turn this stuff into stuff you can do right now without just feel, ah, I felt really inspired, but I didn't know what to do with it. This is the thing to do with it. Step four is find the best exchange rate. So this is where the rubber hits the road, man. It's time to interpret your daydream. So at at the start, we spoke about how for lots of people, arts are just not valuable. The value of art and creativity is pretty abstract for most people in my experience. Uh, Not artists. Artists tend to value art more than anything. But most people, civilians, non, you know, all in creators don't always see the value of creativity. So, um, and so the most pure version of what you do, in your opinion, might be having a painting in a gallery, but people may or may not, given the time and place that you're listening to this, may not see the value in that particular expression. And so your job is to find the best exchange rate for the value that you have. It's to find where people are valuing and purchasing that kind of value in its most raw, essential form, like we described in step two. So what are people buying? Look for those places where people with similar life circumstance and similar non-negotiables are trading the essence that you have today for the best possible price. So when I lived in the UK, I lived there for five years, and we would make trips back to the US. When we would do that, we would have to exchange some of our money into dollars, some of the British pounds into dollars. And the amount of money you could get for pounds to dollars would dramatically change based on where you changed it. So if you changed it at the bank, it would be more than if you went to a travel agency. And if you did it at a travel agency, it'd be a lot more than you would get at the airport last minute, exchanging it right before you enter the country. And so you had to be a little bit mindful. You could lose a lot of money by exchanging what you had at the wrong place. And the same is true for your creativity. And here's the thing. It wasn't a huge deal when I was just going back on spring break for two weeks. It wasn't a huge deal. I was taking just a few hundred bucks. You know, that exchange rate didn't didn't matter that much. But when I moved back for good and we were exchanging thousands of pounds to dollars, it really, really mattered where I went and did that because those percents compound really, really quick. And all of a sudden, you're losing a big percent of your money if you do it in the wrong place. And the same is true for the essence that you're interpreting. If you interpret it at the wrong place, this is a thing you might spend the next year, two years, five years, rest of your life doing. And that kind of time, the compounding interest of what that translation is and where it's valued and how your time and energy is is appreciated can make a world of difference. And actually, not only is this exchange rate 
and this translation and this interpretation going to get you the best price. It's going to make you more creative. It's going to create a unique selling point and a unique niche for what you do. Because for me, because I couldn't go to those bigger markets and, you know, uproot my family overnight and start a new career uh, pursuing live storytelling, I had to think creatively about how to spend each and every week in that energy, in that essence that I was desperate to be a part of. And it led me to start this podcast, which at the time was pretty unique for what else was available. And the same was true for the first project I did out of school, the Indie Rock Coloring Book. I did the Indie Rock Coloring Book because at the place I was studying and where I was in the world, I couldn't find anybody that could help me figure out how to screen print band posters because I wanted to do indie band posters. And so since I couldn't do exactly what I wanted, I had to get down to the essence. What is this? It's making visual art for these bands that I'm a fan of. And so I could do it. What could I make? I could, and I, and I was also limited on printing because printing costed a lot of money. And I was a student, and I thought, okay, okay, I can't, I can't, um, I, I can't print in color, and I can't print with silk screen, but I can print coloring pages right off my printer that will look legit. And that's why I created that first initial mock project for my college, and that then became the published book. And so it was the interpretation that made it my dream a reality of working with these bands. And those bands actually, there was some of them that we worked with when we did the the real book that they wrote a forward for the book and they commented and added some funny stuff to the coloring pages. Like it was living the dream. It just needed to be interpreted. And not only did I get a better exchange rate, but I also got a unique project. And so if you will get to the non-negotiables and say, okay, uh, here's what I can't do. I think that's one of the things that really stops us from living any part of our bigger aspirations is that we do either the dream or we do the reality. And we don't stop and try to find the place between those two things. And so how can you take where you're at, take in the real scenario, take in the essence of what it is that attracts you that to that direction and then interpret it and see who are people like me that are doing the essence of this thing where are the opportunities or can i create new opportunities that will allow me to exist in this essence to the greatest degree possible and find the places where they have the best exchange rate Because just because you love to make music or just because you love to act or just because you like to make film doesn't mean it needs to express in the most obvious version of that. And the last thing I'll say on that is once you've done steps one through four and you've thought about it and you've assessed it and you've come up with some ideas, do not sit on them. There's almost nothing more 
dangerous to a creator than overthinking and overanalyzing and analysis paralysis. And when you have a vague idea, the best possible thing that you could do is to experiment, to act, to put it out there, to imperfectly realize this thing because it'll give you a hint at whether you were close to the essence, whether this is a good place for the exchange rate or not. And you're never gonna find that just looking at it on paper. I've seen this a couple times on the internet. It's really hard to know where it came from. I can't seem to track down the original version of this. It gets attributed to a basketball player. I think his name is Kobe Simmons. Um, I don't really know who this person is, but I think I'm not really sure if he was just sharing this idea because it's all over the place. And um, it's this idea that a bottle of water can be 50 cents at a supermarket, $2 at the gym, $3 at the movies, $6 on a plane. Then you think about how much it can be in a mini bar in your hotel room. Like the price of a water bottle can dramatically change depending on where it is, depending on the location. And so this quote, it says, the next time you feel your worth is nothing, maybe you're just in the wrong place. And not only that, I want to add to that. So the exchange rate will change based on the location that you apply that essence of your creativity. But it also changes based on different packaging and branding. These two water bottles could have exactly the same water in them, sat next to each other on the same shelf, in the same place, with different packaging, different branding, and they will be worth different amounts of money. And so when I hear someone say that they love making editorial illustration for newspapers or love designing posters, like my passion is posters, I hear I love the supermarket. My passion is the supermarket, but the supermarket is not the passion. The water is being something valuable, quenching thirst, uh, having having a meaningful product that matters to people that is based on what you naturally are and serves that purpose. That's where the passion is. The posters are not the passion. That's the location of the design. The newspaper articles are not the passion. That's the location of the illustration. Stand-up comedy is not the passion. It's the location of performing jokes. Cinema is not the passion. It's the location of making that type of film that type of video, that type of visual storytelling. And so the three rules of succeeding as a creator might just be location, location, location.
Creative Pep Talk is your weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. I'm a New York Times bestselling picture bookmaker and illustrator for clients like Apple and Xbox. I pep talk teams at creative hubs like Warby Parker and Sesame Street, and I make this podcast because as someone with ADHD, it takes a whole lot of creativity just to get out of bed in the morning, let alone attempting to try to create a thriving creative practice. This show is just me sharing the things that seem to be helping me in case it helps anybody else. Shout out to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music and soundtrack. Huge thanks to Connor Jones of Pinning Beautiful for sound design and editing the show. Massive thanks to Katie Chandler, Ryan Appleton, and Sophie Miller for podcast assistance of all kinds. And thanks to you for listening. Until we speak again, stay pepped up.